When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue, and you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Happy Hump Day! Yay! Lori and Julia show my talk about seven one everything entertainment. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Got a good special guest coming up later in the show. He is from Hello Dolly. We're gonna hear from him. Also, we do want to uh, congratulate one of our daily one hundred and seven dollar winners. And that is Vanessa from New Brighton. So congratulations to her. And if you want to have a chance to win one of our daily $107 prizes, just download the MyTalk app and register. So all there is to it. I would like to win. What? Well, you're I think it's a good thing. Yeah. yeah cool. And that app works really good. I use it, too, to listen. My mom has been a faithful ever since I told her a how faithful. easy it was. My sister downloaded the app. I don't know how to do that. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, yeah, you do, Mom. It's real simple. Um, happy um, rainy days. Hump day. Wednesdays right. always get me down. By the way, yes, uh, do you remember a couple years ago when I was diagnosed with my underperforming back and went to a <laughs> clinic to strengthen? We really, we have funny terms for our ailments. No, that was the uh-huh. technical PT I term. It. I had an underperforming back and mm-hmm. then I always had to say I had an overperforming. Uh-huh. You know, and one, one area makes up for another, if you know right. what I'm saying. That's right. Well, you, me and my bad shoulder. Now I have a deranged shoder. As opposed to your deranged mind. Well, that we've known about for years. Exactly. Now we can add that. Now who is, what the heck is so, a deranged shoulder? So I had to go see this orthopedic per, uh, surgeon because yeah. the x-ray, I don't have anything broken in my shoulder. When I took my little slip on just going up one step, mind you. But wet step in my plastic Birkenstocks, which I was moving quickly. Having an exercise, snacker snack. size. Anyway, so I see this orthopedic doctor this morning. And, I mean, he's trying to make my arms do things that it's, I mean, not even. It's not allowed to do anymore. It can't even do. I mean. Like it, range of motion is always something. Julia, I put on my I put on my bra. Luckily, I have my stretchy bras with no snap <laughs> in the back. I put it on uh, under my feet. And then I uh-huh. shimmy it up. up. And put it over. Hmm. Listen, that... Real pathetic no. way to put on your brassiere, mm-hmm. okay? I had to wear one today because I was wearing white, and I'm just... You would. You yeah, know. it looks good. I would I would have told you yeah. to put one on if yeah. you didn't. Some clothes you can't. Yeah. You have bigger boobs than you think. Exactly. Thank you, Julia. Very, very much. So anyway, I go to the doctor, and he says, well, you've got a deranged shoulder. And I'm like, a deranged shoulder? What the hell is that? And he Have said, you been listening to my show? <laughs> and he goes... It's an anatomical disturbance in the normal resting position of the joint. Yeah, and he just <laughs> said the reason why we have to put it in that way as an order is that... Uh, 
your insurance won't pay for an MRI if you say there's a tear in your rotator. We don't know what is going on. So it is a medical term to, to get, get a the diagnosis okay so that you can get you the MRI pay. and you don't in your insurance coverage. Can you think about how much being a doctor's had to change over oh, the years <laughs> to get it through insurance? Right. I mean, yeah, the different things that they oh. do. I was reading our vintage scandal today is about Angela Lansbury. Mm-hmm. And I was reading through her Wikipedia page and some other things and doing some research on her. And one of the things that she has always said is, you know, she the height of her career was really in her 60s and 70s. Yeah. And she said, I was so lucky to be born just average looking. So I didn't have to worry about my looks declining all the time and all the energy that that takes. Mm -hmm. So she hasn't done any plastic surgery, except for two times she's had surgery on her neck for her broadening neck. And Donnie, can you look that up? Broadening broadening neck? neck. A broadening neck. And I'd never seen anything like it before. And I'm like, what the heck's a broadening neck? I know it's another, Another maybe it was a term to get plastic surgery. (laughs) Get in the back of the neck. It's broadening. Tighten it up. I just had never heard the term before. But boy, she's had a life, that lady. But I'm glad that we know about your derangement. Deranged shoulder. And I am deranged with... Fury with the British tabloids. Uh-oh. Oh dear! You will not believe. <laughs> I heard it. What it's terrible. They are doing now. They. I mean, I really am wondering when is Harry going to meet with the Queen and what is going on. Here is GMA. We okay. are having a royal baby backlash. This morning, British tabloids are not calm nor carrying on. <laughs> After the Duke and Duchess of Sussex said they will not be giving the traditional photo op to debut their newborn baby, members of the press corps are lashing out at the royal couple. Speaking anonymously, one journalist told the New York Times, this is the shattering of a tradition that goes back for decades. There is a price to be paid for that, oh, and that yeah. price is mockery. The iconic shots on the steps outside the hospital are now to be expected. Famously with Diana after William and Harry were born. And Kate, who stepped out mere hours after giving birth to her last child. Those snapshots are big business for the British tabloids, with royal babies grabbing big headlines and front page spreads. But the Sussexes are now expected to release photos on their own terms, adding to the rocky and sour relationship Meghan has with the British press. If you're over-micromanaging your PR to the extent that you're missing out on the spontaneous moment. But, you know, there are certain responsibilities as a member of the royal family. The sun- and then Comments? that goes on to say the certain... Oh, there's resp- more. There's oh, more. Here yeah, we go. Okay. In case you had a comment on that okay. last section. All right, yeah. here we well, go. And well, slams the- oh, did you have a comment? Well, yeah. The, okay. the shattering of traditions and the price is mockery and that somebody is saying that to the New York Times. I don't really recall ever uh, like uh, um, Fergie standing no. on the... I mean, the reason why they're mad is because this will sell... Well, that's what they didn't magazines. say. Magazines. We'll see what yeah. they say right here. They All didn't right, talk yep. about the money. Here's the rest. Couple for infringing on the public's, quote, royal rights writing, the public has a right to know about the lives of those largely funded by their taxes. You can accept that or be private citizens, not both. And one British newspaper columnist blasting the couple's decision ridiculed the couple's relationship with Oprah Winfrey, writing, perhaps Oprah has snapped up the exclusive first-look baby right. I, I wouldn't put it past her 
or them. Releasing a photograph is all well and good, but it's actually not going to have the same impact as moving footage, the live moments. But not all royal watchers agree, noting that what the Sussexes are doing isn't that different from Will and Kate. They're going to have their baby, we're going to find out that he or she has been born, and then they are going to pose for a photograph within a few days. Bottom line, these tabloids don't want to simply retweet royal pictures. They want to be there to capture the moment. It is ridiculous. It's the, pandemonium uh, over there, Lori. The spotlight, because uh-huh. he's just the spare, and now he's like down to fifth or sixth six, in life. You five, never five. see any of these other people. Uh, it has always been about like who's next in line. They're just... The price is mockery. mockery. I, I know. The, no, the price is they're not getting money for their photos that they're going to sell worldwide. That's exactly And they're not controlling it. it. That's why I mean, they're that's mad. that's what it is. And I remember when Catherine um, took her own photo of Charlotte oh, or something. Remember, remember they had a fit yeah. about that? I, I do think there's a balance, but they don't even let... Um, I think there's a balance because the monarch is paid for by taxpayers' mm-hmm. money. And there is an expectation that you get things. But they're going to get the picture. They're just not going to get it. They're not having their baby. We don't even know where they're having it. They want some privacy because I feel like they are... The paparazzi stalks them so big time. Well, and you wouldn't really feel that friendly towards the tabloids no. when they have done so much race Paid baiting. your dad, paid your half-sister, paid everybody to talk bad about you for a year. Yeah. 15 months. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was just like, I was like... I heard that this morning and I just... The price it. is mockery. Mockery. And Oprah, and, blah, blah, blah. and I'm I just know. like, oh, these guys are just all about the money. And totally, having it's that all thing. about the money. Yeah. But I want to tell people about safety right now, because when you have your lights on automatic, and I noticed this today, yeah, if your lights are on automatic and it's gray, they don't go on when it's raining. You have to turn your lights on. It's so hard to see cars in the terrible rain that we had today. Do you know that? I, I Yeah, you're right. Because you always leave your lights on auto. Uh I quit doing that. I turn my lights on when I drive now and they turn off automatically when you shut your car off. Not like the old day. But when you're on auto drive, like you're driving to work today, your lights wouldn't be on, Lori. Oh, I did not know that. People think because it's on auto, it's automatic. Uh, Maybe that's why so many people drive with their lights off. That's why I'm saying this. Yes. Why have you told us this so much much longer ago, uh, Yoda? Well, I can't save it. I think the auto function senses a certain level of darkness. Of, of but that is counterintuitive. I know. Completely. You, just think, I know. you yeah. think it's going to do everything for you, but this is one thing that they're not doing for you. So when it is pouring rain and dark, you have to turn on your lights. Thank and you, because Julia if you have a newer car, they shut off automatically so you don't have to worry about your battery dying like we did in the old days. Very good. I'm glad right. to have that random thought no out problem. of the way. When we come back, it's our story we can't get enough of. Special guest. Out with us, we're delighted to invite a friend of ours that was on a national television show as a panelist last week. Amelia Santanello is with us from WCCO, who was a guest host on a very good gossip day last week on The Talk. Amelia? Hi, ladies. How are you? I'm Donnie, who called me Yoda, but hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. So um, how did it happen that you got to be a guest on a guest host on The Talk? You know, I honestly, I don't know, because when they first started out, I do know that they reached across the country and they took um, 
fast anchors from CBS owned and operated stations, which WCTO is. And I think at that time, early on, they were probably trying to maybe build an audience or have somebody sample, you know, if they saw somebody local, maybe, you know, people would tune in. So after that, I got asked back again, and usually it was when somebody was on vacation, and Frank actually went with me one year, uh, and we guest hosted together co-host. I remember that. Yes. I forgot about that then too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this time I thought, so I thought it was the same thing. I thought, well, maybe because in the summer they'll do it, you know, they try to spread the wealth, you know, and go across all these other affiliates. Yeah. So this time I thought it was the same thing, but all five of the uh, co-hosts were there. So it was kind of fun to be with them because usually there was always one missing or two. Right. Now are they, so you sat down there and you had on, tell us who your outfit, the magenta pink outfit was by. Oh, thanks. I um, (laughs) saw it was London. So I I got that and, you know, because it's always daunting because they have you bring your own clothing and they have you bring several different outfits and then they'll shoot. The oh. stylist girl shoes, depending on what the other co-hosts are wearing. Well, oh, Amelia, do it? we know you have the best shoe game in town. Oh, you do. <laughs> so you really do. Uh, Your it Instagram, it should just be Amelia's shoes, and I could look at that all day. <laughs> Oh, you're so sweet. It, it, I will say it's my weakness. I, I don't even want my husband to come in the closet. No, he will but it's, lose his mind. It's so, you're good at that weakness, honey. It's so good. Okay, so, so what were the topics? Yeah. Well, the first one was the Wendy Williams story that broke. The whole Wendy Williams story. Yeah, you know it's so strange. You guys would be fabulous on it, but you know, coming from news, it's kind of it's always a little difficult because you're so used to in the news business not expressing your opinion, sure. being objective. You know, I mean. Uh, granted, these aren't like deep topics, but still, it's a little hard to try to get into it and speak up. But they're pretty good about allowing you to talk. But they they like to talk. So Wendy Williams was a topic. Kim Kardashian was another one. And then they talked about apps. You know, uh, technology yeah. has it made your life easier, or is it more difficult? So there was a couple of them. And then I got. And then uh, it just so happened that Emilio Estevez was the guest that day, which is great because there's like a Minnesota connection. You know, right? And he was. He was sweet. He was really, he remembered Arnie Carlson's name, and he had nothing but nice things to say about Minnesota. What's his Minnesota connection The Mighty Ducks. Oh, the Mighty Ducks. Oh, the Mighty Ducks. Yes. Yes. And then he was just here probably about a month ago promoting his, he was at the Hennepin County Library promoting his His new movie movie that he produced, wrote, and directed, and acted in. About the libraries, how the libraries are turning into, like, shelters, and how important they are, you know, to the community. That's really yeah. cool. That's really cool. All right, so I just want a little gossip, and you're right. We would be good on the show if you want to suggest this to them. Fabulous. Feel free. Okay, so I want to go down the list. So Sharon Osbourne, how? Because she's oh. had a lot of plastic surgery done. How fabulous does she look? She looks fabulous, and let me tell you, she smells fabulous. I'm like, what is that perfume you're wearing? It's just a very fresh, a little bit of floral, a little bit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The fruit in there, it's so, it was a French perfume. Oh. Um, I didn't want to look like a stalker and write it all down. But I'm right. like, oh my gosh, you smell delicious. You oh. smell so good. And she could not, she could not be nicer. She's a tiny thing. She oh, is. really? Okay. And she's got fantastic jewelry. Her her rings and her bracelets are, I don't know if you can even really see them on TV, but she has some great jewelry. She did, and did her plastic surgery, because Julia and I always think when we go to L.A., particularly Beverly Hills, there's sort uh-huh. of a lot of, you can't tell if people are 40 or 80, they seem to all have yeah, the same shape. Yeah, yeah, they have like this generic look. Does Sharon look do. good no, in I person? You. Yeah. I think she looks better in person. Okay. And I was just talking about this with a friend. We were talking about just plastic surgery, how everybody's starting to look a little bit like the Kardashians. They yeah. do. That, that look with no, not a line on their face. Sometimes I think like the TV um, pictures actually magnify it a little bit more. So for me, in person, she looks great. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. How about how about Cheryl Underwood? Was she fun? Oh, she's always fun. She's a, a lot of fun. Um, Is she the rowdiest? Yeah, she's probably the rowdiest. I think Carrie Ann Inaba, she's the newest uh-huh. host. She's a lot of fun, too. She's a lot. She's got a lot of uh, personality. She's broken. She's been engaged more often than most people. Yes, she did. And they were joking about it because she actually <laughs> talked about it on the show. But when I, when I walked in, we had the, we have a morning meeting. Um, they had, she had the wedding dress there. She talked about how she still had the wedding dress from her engagement. She went out and she bought the wedding dress. She broke off, you know, the engagement broke off, but she still kept her uh, wedding dress. She goes, I think I have an unhealthy attachment to it. I think I should donate this. <laughs> and and do, do you, um, like, do the do you get your own dressing room, your own hair and makeup oh, people? Oh, yeah. Listen, they do think everything um, A plus there. Really? They get your own dressing room. They have, so all of the guests, I mean, all the co-hosts, they have their own stylist makeup and hair, which you can understand, right? Somebody doesn't make it really nice in the way you like it. You want them all the time. So they also have um, a stylist and a makeup person for the guest. I think two style, uh, two hairstylists and makeup people for the guest. Yeah. Wow. So that's lovely. And yeah, they put you up in a hotel. Like where? Where do they put there. you up? Where, what's the hotel? Well, it was close to uh, where the studio is. So it's right up the road at the Sheridan Universal, right there at oh. Universal Studios. Okay. So CBS is just down the road. So, okay, yeah. good because yeah. uh, there is this place called the Farmer's Daughter, which is right across <laughs> from the CBS studio. And I'm, oh my gosh, what is that? A motel? It yeah. is a motel. It is. <laughs> You're lucky. That was Amelia Santanella. Amelia, you're not moving to LA to become part we of the were talk. Worried. Are you? Don't be leaving us. Oh no, no. no. You're not taking the she's, place of Sarah Gilbert. She's a fellow Tommy mommy. Okay, all right. Oh yes, I am. Uh, shout out to the mommies yeah. today. We had a big scare over there. All Absolutely. Right. Thank you so much, all Amelia. Right. Fun chat. Right, it's always good talking to you. you okay, too. bye. All right. So when we come back, we went to Hello Dolly last night. Yes, we we've did. got the guests from that. We'll be back. And I don't want to be somebody without your body close to me. And if it wasn't you, I would uh, Why are we playing that? We should be playing this.
still <laughs> going strong. Who is that? You asked? That would be Horace Vandergelder from Hello Dolly. Real name is Louis Stat- Stadden? Stadlin. Louis J. Stadlin. Who is a very famous actor who are, we are delighted to have you in our studio today. Pleasure to be here. I'm just a little winded. That new entrance that we have. Oh, yeah. Seriously, I have to run. <laughs> Down the Back. long Jetson hallway. It is. So, Hello Dolly's in town. It's kicked off last night at the Orpheum to a sold-out house. It's you got great reviews in the Star Tribune today. It was Pioneer just, Press. Pioneer Press, just saying it, it's just a great show-stopping show, and it's fun because um, it had been you know one of the longest-running shows on Broadway when it first kif- kicked off in the early sixties, like nineteen sixty-four or something, and then it finally came back, and it's came back with um, our gal Bette Midler. She, it did, and then you were on the touring thing with our other gal from Made Is Enough, Betty Buckley. That's right. So welcome. Thank can you. you can you tell everybody? I feel like people should know what the story about Hello Dolly is, but because of the movie, taking some younger people, some people just don't even know what it's about. Someone said, "Oh, I love Dolly Parton." Yes, it's about <laughs> it's a love. Millennial. It's about love. It is. It's mm-hmm. about love. There's a great. If I was to recognize that he does have a heart, mm-hmm. and uh, he goes from a calcified old man to uh, basically a, a teenager. Because he falls in love with uh, Dolly Levi, who is played brilliantly by Betty Buckley. What what is that like? Okay, so this is based on a Thornton Wilder book called The Matchmaker, originally. Play, play, play. play. And then the movie was made. And when Hello, Dolly started on Broadway all those years ago, Carol Channing, who we just lost recently, played Dolly and was known as Dolly and everything. And then when the movie was made, she was so disappointed not to be cast. And Barbara Streisand was cast instead. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I'm just thinking about it. I'm thinking about Angela Lansbury. She played Mame on Broadway and wasn't cast in Mame the movie, in case anyone wants to know that. Well, doesn't that happen a lot yeah, though, does with it? Broadway stuff? Ethel Merman. Ethel, Ethel Merman. Merman. Gypsy. Yeah. Right. Rosalind Russell. Right. Yeah. It, this happens. It happens yeah. a lot. You were giving me, though, I felt like a very, like I was Walter Matthau. I mean, you know, oh, like giving that on, whole. Jenny droll the whole way that you were i'm like oh this guy is very good as well well i i am nothing more than an amalgam of every single actor who i've ever admired yeah there's a bit of walter Matthau. i channeled david burns who is a great uh broadway character actor who originated the role of mm-hmm. horace vandegelder uh there's uh, a lot of people frank morgan there there are a lot of people that i grew up uh, admiring yeah Isn't, well, how it, old were you what was your first acting role my first acting role, which was my first union job, that's when I consider my mm-hmm. my career to start, was in this town at the Orpheum Theater really? when I was 20 years old. Stop. Mendel the Rabbi's son in the National Company of Fiddler on the, on the Roof. Oh, my gosh. In 1967. And we, I joined the company when we were in Chicago for nine months. So we were there for nine months, so that was a sit-down. And then we got on the Milwaukee Road oh, uh, train. Oh, wow. And it was the only, I've done nine tours, but it, it was the really only time that the company traveled by train. And we got off in Minneapolis, and the Orpheum was the first time that I realized, ooh, I'm in a traveling company. Yeah. You know? And I played uh, uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul. Uh, this is the sixth time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you That's know, I'm really cool. going down memory lane here. That's a good one, though. I yeah. love it. Yeah. That's such a great play, though, Fiddler on the Rough. Great. So when the revival um, happened and um, they decided they were going to take Hollow Dolly back out on the road again, 
and Betty Buckley was cast. Was she cast first or were you cast or how did that all go come together? Uh, it was Betty first. Mm-hmm. Um, but within a couple of weeks, uh, the director, Jerry Zachs, is a director that I've done seven plays with. Right. Okay. Uh, six of them on Broadway. So, so he knew you. You were in the producers. He knew you were in me the and Scott yeah. Rudin is the producer. Uh-huh. And I think five plays and a couple of movies for him. So uh, they wanted to know, can, can you get along with Betty Buckley? And I said, yeah, I think I can get along. I get along with all, I, I like women, you know, I get along with women. So uh, we have a wonderful relationship. Do you? Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, the whole cast, I mean, the costuming and the two ladies, I forget what their character's name in the hat shop. Right. Those two are hysterical. And the dance numbers, the choreography was something that hit me. Um, The waiter scene with the dancing is just so fantastic. And I'd only seen the movie, so it was just kind of, it's fun to see it on stage. For a lot of people, the first time seeing it on, you know, a stage production. Well, I think one of the strengths of this production is that the original choreography was masterfully choreographed by Gower Champion, who choreographed and directed. And they were very respectful of the original choreography. So I would say 80% of what you're seeing was choreographed by uh, uh, Gower Champion. And then Warren Carlyle took the other 20% and... I I believe actually improved it. Yeah, it's 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 great. Now, so the, you know, it it's set in Yonkers, New York, and um, Dolly comes in as a matchmaker to find you um, a wife. You're half a millionaire. I know. Is, I love that. Which part. is hysterical. And your song, <laughs> the Penny song in the pocket, that's just classic. It was so good. I mean, you're very very good at what you do. So we are very honored. Lewis, to have you in studio. We're talking with Lewis Stadlin. Jay Stadlin, Julia. No, thank Lewis, you. Thank yes. you. All right, Lewis Jay Stadlin. Yes. Who plays Horace Vandergelder in um, Hello, Dolly. That's going to be showing um, through Sunday. And it's the beginning of the week. And I said, do you want me to carry something for you? Because we have a different entrance right now. We're under construction. And it's a good football field away. And you said it's the beginning of the week. I've got energy. <laughs> so what is? how many shows are you doing? We Well, we're going to do 16 uh, uh, performances in Minneapolis. We do eight a week. So you guys are here for but two weeks. But the road schedule in most cities... Uh, we do one Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, one Friday, but then two Saturday and two Sunday. And uh, you really need, it's almost mind over matter. Yeah, how yeah. do you keep it fresh yeah. like that? Is it just that's the part of the discipline? It, yes, and it's, you know what I do? I think of, I have four grandchildren. And my granddaughter, Zoe, came in Los Angeles. She was five years old. Mm-hmm. It's the first time she ever saw a show. Oh. She saw her grandfather on the stage, which was thrilling for me. But uh, I always think there will be young people in the audience, and it will be the first time some of them will be seeing legitimate theater, and that that's my responsibility to make sure that it's a, a really uh, uh, enjoyable experience. And that's so, really lovely. It's that's so a lovely true. thought. It is. Because there were a lot of young mm-hmm. people in the audience last night. It looked like, you you know, there were kids that were in elementary school or whatever, and they're oh, there with their grandparents. And you remember and, that first one. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah, I, I remember that. my mom took us to Annie. And yeah, thought, mine was Peter Pan oh, with, that's with a Mary great one. Martin. Oh, oh that's word. a great one. Yeah. Okay, so you got to, see, you know, you came in and you saw a man wall and you're like, I know that one. Well, it looks like a teenage girl's bedroom it does. in here, basically. But we're just mid, we're middle-aged teenagers. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, good taste. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. And you're looking around at the wall and you go, oh, Paul Newman. 
I acted with him. You I need, did. You need to tell us that story. All right. This is a good story, too. Okay. Uh, it's The Verdict, which is one of Paul Newman's best films. Love Amazing. that movie. He should have won the Academy Award. Oh, should have. Yes. Yeah, he should have, but he won for another performance that you know wasn't as, as uh, terrific. Um, at any rate, I played a character named Dr. Gruber who um, uh, tells uh, Paul Newman that uh, there has been malfeasance, uh, that the uh, uh, a doctor uh, screwed up uh, an operation with the anesthesia, and that even though Paul Newman is playing a uh, kind of an alcoholic down-on-his-luck attorney, uh-huh. I'm a very successful surgeon, and he comes to... He comes to ask me whether he should settle this lawsuit. And I said, no, don't settle a lawsuit. They they screwed up and you should sue them. And Paul Newman says, well, why are you doing this? And I say, well, because it's the right thing to do. And then as the film goes on, I'm bought off by the archdiocese, which controls the hospital. All right. So I never come back. So Damn. it's one of these roles in which I have a great scene with Paul Newman and everybody's waiting for me to come back. And then I never come back. Yeah. So, all right. But the director was Sidney Lumet. Mm-hmm. who is a very a great director. And uh, with Sidney Lumet, when we would do a, a, a film, I had done Serpico with him as well. Oh, my gosh, you, another great movie. I know another it. Another great movie with Al Pacino. He yes. Was, doesn't seem to be on your wall. All right. But uh, at any rate... <laughs> he uh, aged out early. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, we would rehearse it in a rehearsal studio like it was a play. And uh, I wanted to talk... It was a long tracking shot in which Paul Newman is like, you know, trying to... Cat, he's trying to... Stay with me. I'm I'm on my way to go someplace. And then at the end of the actual scene, I get into a Jaguar and I peel off on the Jaguar. At any rate, I'm working with Paul Newman. So I want to make eye contact with Paul Newman. I, I will, you know, I want to be as respectful of Paul Newman as I can. And Sidney Lumet keeps saying, no, 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 you're a you're a famous successful surgeon. He's a drunk. Just keep going. Don't even look at him. He'll, he has to catch up with you. And I, I just couldn't do it. So we did it about three or four times, and he takes me aside. This is what great direction is. And he said, listen, this is the situation. You're having an affair with a 25-year-old intern in Cambridge. You're going to get into that car, and you have three hours to be with her, and then you have to go back across the Charles River, which takes place in Boston, and have your next operation. You have three hours to be with your your gal. <laughs> Hurry the hell up. Hurry the hell up. And I tell you, after you gave me that direction, I never looked at Paul Newman again. <laughs> okay. I love it. I've got better options here. Oh, that, that is, is great. That is oh, my good. gosh. You really have had a fun, a lively, you know, a lot of acting. Is it just you knew you always wanted to be an actor? Wasn't one of your parents an actor? Yes, my father. Mm-hmm. He has a different name. Uh, he's no longer with us. Alan Swift. Uh, I knew when I was 14 years old, I went to a theater camp and, uh, you know, and you got bit, I I got bit and all of a sudden girls seemed to be interested in me. And I thought, Hmm, you know, this seems like a pretty good alternative to spend a, you know, a lifetime doing this. And it's been a very interesting life. That's not to say that there aren't lulls, you know, because I'm 72 years old. You know, I started when I was 19, basically. So you have to keep reinventing yourself in order to survive. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, you're the youngest person in the company. And then you know, the next thing, you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. So, you know, it's a challenge. Yeah. Well, but you have talent, so you can. 
You've got talent. I hope to God. Yes. No, that's no, a big deal. Yeah. That I mean, really, because you're so good. It was so delightful to see you last night as Horace Vandergelder. Um, the the show is Hello Dolly. It is playing at the um, Orf. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. For the next two weeks. And, and to see Betty Buckley, too, who was just someone we grew up with on Eight is Enough, and she's Miss and Bra- Bradway. And, and, yes, you know, everything else. It's she's a big amazing. darn deal. And the costumes are fantastic. The choreography, the acting. Really, the supporting cast, I thought, was fantastic. Really wonderful. So, um, we really, what a treat for us today. Yeah, so, thank thanks you. for coming thank in. Thank you. Thank you for like, you, giving up your nap time or your resting or your meditation so, time. We are so over when we're supposed to break right now, like, yeah. by six minutes. Yeah. So, um yeah. Any last parting thought you want to say about Minneapolis and the Twin Cities and your experience here? You know, I've always felt about Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, and regions in Minnesota that there's an extra level of civility in this state that you don't find in a lot of other places. And uh, that always makes me feel welcome when I come here. That's a really nice thing to hear. Thank you. That's great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Louis G. Stadlin, the play Hello, Dolly, the musical. It is here until April 28th, and you can go to hennepintheatertrust.org for tickets. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. I gotta ask, do you got plans tonight? I'm a couple hundred miles from Japan, and I, I was thinking I could fly to your hotel tonight. Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. That was very fun talking to Louis G. Stadlin. He, Hello, Dolly. He, Jay, he, he was really... Oh, yeah, Louis J., sorry. That show's good, people. Go see it. And the tickets are so affordable yeah. for Hello, Dolly. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so uh, the big news this morning, the overnight surprise from uh, Beyonce. Let's roll it from the Today okay. Show. First up, Beyonce. Overnight, the Queen Bee released her latest documentary, Homecoming, on Netflix. The special features her 2018 Coachella performance. Take a look. Both back-to-back weekend performances were featured in the documentary, as well as behind-the-scenes footage of Beyoncé preparing for the concerts. In another clip, we hear her explain her approach to the music festival. When I decided to do Coachella, instead of me 
pulling out my flower crown. <laughs> it was more important that I brought our culture to Coachella. Beyonce also opened up about her pregnancy with twins, Rumi and Sir, in the documentary. She revealed that her pregnancy was a difficult one as she suffered from high blood pressure, preeclampsia, and ended up having an emergency C-section. She was 218 pounds when she delivered the twins, forcing her to quickly get back in shape and prepare for Coachella. Last night, Beyonce also proved she is still the queen of surprises. Simultaneously releasing with the film a brand new live album of the performances, giving the Beehive plenty to buzz about today. And they were buzzing because it released last night on the West Coast midnight. Okay. Three o'clock, you know, whatever time it was on the East Coast time. So the 40 song album is the two hour performance. At so it's Beachella. a live performance. Okay. And, yeah. And then includes other big hits of hers, single ladies, diva formation. And then the, the uh, duets, different duets that she did like with Jay-Z and, um, as well as Kelly Rowland and uh, Michelle Williams. Yes. So here's the song called Before I Let Go. This is a new song uh, that's that's on it. Here we go. It's a good jam, right? Yeah. We is. didn't get to the chorus. Okay? No. And apparently Destiny's Child released, recorded this back in 97. It was never released. There's a... Uh, what do you call it? A leaked version that's been floating around. And two years ago, Jay Z and Beyonce were doing the electric slide to this song oh, on her fun. mom's Insta, oh. and then she took it down. But Donnie, you said this is a cover of a. It is. It's a cover of a song. There's an R&B group called Frankie Beverly and Mays, and the original, I think, from the late '80s, early '90s. This you can dance. Okay, I there like it. it. Is. Yeah, I do. I like yeah, it. It's a good jam, and I like the Beyonce. Yeah. So, um, anyway, but, uh, yeah, she had a difficult pregnancy. Oh, And no that's kidding. all detailed in this documentary. And so... I want to watch it. Yeah, I want to watch it, too. Yep. But... Because um, remember, she films 18 hours a day. Yeah, she does. Yep. Well, listen, I She's mean... She's been doing it for years. Think of the footage. Well, you know, I mean... Elvis recorded a lot of stuff. Yep. Prince recorded a lot. Of, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Madonna's recording a lot. And then right. Madonna, speaking of Madonna. Madonna, Madonna. She has the bad luck to pick this day. She didn't know that yeah, Beyonce true. would be releasing her song. And the, uh, you know, we know her, the name of her new concept album, Madam X. We were having fun making fun of that. But, you know, it's not like concept albums don't happen. We just weren't really sure that this was the tease for the whole album. We but in, I'm a I'm a equestrian. Yeah, all the things. We were laughing I'm at a it. teacher. It's an album and a persona. But anyway, yep. uh, here's, this is the song she does with Maluma. Okay. Medellin, which is, I think how I'm pronouncing it, Medellin, Colombia. Correct. This is where Maluma is from. Okay. This is the song that Madonna released at noon, noon today, even though everyone is buzzing about Beyonce. It was know, on I let every, go. everything. Everything. So yep. here, let's take a listen to okay. Madonna's new song. I took a pill and had a dream. I went back to my 17th year. Allowed myself to be naive. Dime. To be someone I've never been. Me encanta. I took a sip and had a dream. And I woke up in magazine. Te gusta. The sun was caressing. 
Something I've heard. Well, I don't know, but it doesn't grab you like right away. Maybe no. we need to listen to it a little bit more. The album is going to drop on June 14th. MTV is doing uh, a video, the video debut of it, I think, next Wednesday. And right. Madonna is performing two songs at the Eurovision in May. Right, that which show. is going to at be... At the Eurovision finals. It's in Tel Aviv, Israel. Yes. And apparently she's going to sing two songs and a new song, which is probably going to be this many. Yeah, one old, one new. And she's getting how much, Julia, for that performance? $2 million. Yep. Wow. Yep. Right. Now worked. we know what it was for. No, yeah, $2 million, a million a song or Madonna something. is going to sing in Portuguese, Spanish, and English on the album. Wow. And oh, uh, mm. we do have Bitch, I'm Loco, which is, you wow. know, play on Bitch, I'm Madonna, which we did like yeah, that song. We did. Bitch, I'm Loco. Okay. That one's going to feature Maluma. Some other songs. I do like how Maluma comes off your lips. I like saying it? that. He's beautiful. Uh, he has Maluma. I, I, do you think she's having a, a thing relationship with him? I have with no him? idea. He seems her type, Maluma. For, for is sure. Is he still in his 20s? She's got a type. Well, he's, he's in his 30s. Oh, yeah. okay. So, uh, sh- some of the other songs, Dark Ballet, Killers Who Are Partying, Crazy, Come Alive, Bitch, I'm Local, I Rise, Looking for Mercy, and of course, Medellin. So, anyway, 13 tracks. Two more if you buy the deluxe. We'll keep you posted. She finished mixing last fall. That's all we can tell you. <laughs> all right. Malone.